Episode 13, Press Pass Podcast, Press Republican. How you guys like that? Sure. I'm really it's a, it's up in the production value. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah make, it pretty, make it pretty intense. Making money so, moves, I see. We got quick hits today. We got some replacements coming in. Mackenzie's got a busy day, but we do have staff writer Kara Chapman. Hello. And then Mackenzie, I guess, is so powerful that we if she wasn't here, we needed to replace her with two people. <laughs> so we got staff writer Ben Watson, and we got basically every type of job title you can imagine in Sage Lewandowski today. How is everyone doing? I'm Good. offended okay. I didn't get the everything title either. Actually, yeah, you do got to get the everything title. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know. I really don't know what Sage's title yeah, is. Yeah, that's anymore. true. It's unofficial. I, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's way too many titles. But let's get right into it. Kara, what's going on? Sure. So talking about COVID-19, uh, like usual, honestly. So last week, as I'm sure you all saw from our reporting, um, the Clinton County Health Department reported 15 new cases in the county. That brought our total up to 18. Shot up a little bit there. Uh, for the week, 18 active cases. As of today, um, there are 12. And, you know, I was at the um, Clinton County Legislature meeting last night, and the public health director, John Canoza, gives updates when they're talking about um, liaison and committee reports. And he says, you know, social gatherings are the cause of the majority of the new cases that they're seeing. So that's mm-hmm. definitely something to keep in mind on top of wearing your mask. But uh, regarding the 12 active cases, four of those are new, and Ben Watson has more information about that. Well, those four, which were came from yesterday are all related to something that started a little earlier in the week uh, which was on Monday one off-campus SUNY student was reported as positive for COVID-19 that then bloomed into a second one related to that case on Tuesday which then resulted in four more related to that case as well on yesterday uh, on Wednesday (laughs) (laughs) and we're recording this on Thursday for people who know that yeah we're recording this on Thursday and uh, as of Oh, I don't know, probably like an hour or two ago, I heard from uh, Ken Canelli, uh, the college's spokesperson, that there isn't anything really to expect as of today, as of at that point. But uh, who knows, with the way it's been spreading, it could result in some more cases. They're contact tracing now for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in happier news for SUNY, they did open up a new sandwich shop that I'm very jealous of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See that I mean anytime you can have any type of sandwich shop that's always that's always a plus. So yeah. you know, yes, we have a lot of terrible stuff going on, but hey, bright yes. sandwich shop. They opened yes. up uh Kent Cafe in Cantal, so whoever's living in that dorm building, I'm extra jealous of, but th- you can use your anytime meal passes there. Oh, you wow. remember what those are? That's what you used to get, yeah. get stuff at Clinton. Yeah. You can use them there. That's what pretty kind cool of actually. Do yeah. They um, all kinds of different. It's mostly like the guy actually. The chef described it as because they have a chef. They have an executive chef. <laughs> okay. That was his title. Um, but he described it as uh, a cross between a New York deli and a Panera bread. I so like that. Yeah. They also gave me a free meal ticket. So there we go. That's perfect. <laughs> My favorite thing in college was Einstein's, and they were terrible for you. But I like. Oh, the I pe- lived I, off Einstein's. I had like, Einstein's wow. at St. Mike's too. Yeah. I liked the yeah. pizza bagels there. I think they were really like terrible for you, but <laughs> they were pretty good. There's something in that coffee too. That's not regular coffee. <laughs> that is strong coffee. It yeah. is pretty, yeah, it is pretty strong. I will say, I will say that. I remember one day I was super, super tired, and coffee usually doesn't affect me too much. Um, but I got a coffee there one day, and I was wired. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't, because I don't put sugar in my coffee. It's just a little cream, and then other than that, that's it. Mm-hmm. But I was feeling it the rest of the day. It was good. It was a good feeling. <laughs> Not to bring it back down a notch, but uh, <laughs> again, in education, there was some 
COVID case, or where there's a COVID case in Essex County, so Kara. Yes, last week it was announced that a Crown Point Central student had tested positive, and that resulted in the school temporarily shifting to um, remote learning completely. They plan to resume classes Wednesday. Fortunately, we haven't heard about any new cases associated with that. And staying in Essex Essex County, County. (laughs) uh, there was also... Uh, three of 40 residents tested positive, uh, I think it was over last weekend, at the Lee House Senior Apartments um, in Port Henry. Uh, since then, as of Tuesday, I believe our latest story on it was, there was no other individuals found to have it uh, after contact tracing was done. Uh, again, same as Crown Point, haven't heard of any uh, since then, so hopefully more good news coming from them after uh the initial bad news. Sorry, that wasn't the best way to put it. No, 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 that's, that's a good thing. And yeah, when I saw last week that there was that outbreak, um, a, a small outbreak, I guess we could say, it's good that it hasn't risen to a higher level because obviously mm-hmm. we've seen what can happen at the Essex Center. Right, absolutely. I'm glad there's been no new news on that front recently. Yeah, that must be refreshing that, so. for you too. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's, it's strange because for a while it was, you know, every, every day. day and then it was at least every two to three days that we had either new cases or unfortunately, tragically, new deaths. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy that, you know, ho- hopefully we've moved past that. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Um, and kind of shifting gears a little bit, um, yesterday, last night, so that's Wednesday, the Clinton County Legislature adopted Clinton Community College's 2020-2021 budget. Um, all eight legislators who were present uh, voted for the spending plan. It's about 12, it's $12.6 million when you include the unrestricted and restricted program budgets, and that includes about a $3.2 million ask from the county, which is the same as last year, and that's good news for the college because they at least know, you know, what, we, what we're getting from the county. We know what to expect. But there's, like, uh, I talked to uh, the president, Ray DiPasquale, fair, fairly regularly to kind of update on things. And that's the biggest thing, you know, is so many unknowns. And they don't anticipate knowing, you know, final numbers from the state budget for a bit, too. So hopefully that can kind of be a signal to, or hopefully that, you know, brings tidings of more knowns, you know, so that way they know what their financial picture looks like. Yeah, and that's that's an interesting thing because now we're so far into the pandemic where we're going to see the chain effect and what lingers as far as, you know, mm-hmm. planning for different things, like you said, with the unknowns and whatnot. So it's interesting. We're, we talked about how it's going to affect things moving down the road. We're, now we're down the road and mm-hmm. now we're seeing how that actually can kind of be affected. Right, right. And then uh, going uh, down the block from Clinton County Government Center down to Plattsburgh, City Hall. Um, As you guys, as Joey mentioned, Mackenzie is not here. She's actually covering a budget hearing on Mayor Colin Reed's newly revised mayor's budget today, so that is why she's not here. So stay tuned for coverage on that hearing. And other big news, um, so the, and forgive me, I am not the person who normally covers this, so I'm going to do my best in explaining it. It's a hard um, pool to wade into is, for anybody is. who isn't Mackenzie. Yes, exactly. And one of Mackenzie's big topics, obviously, is the prime prime <laughs> development of the Durkee lot. Um, so last week we learned, so Plattsburgh Citizens Coalition and others had filed a lawsuit against the city of Plattsburgh, the Common Council, and the Durkee developer, Prime Plattsburgh LLC. Basically, they were saying that city officials were violating municipal law because the Durkee law also um, includes waterfront property, which you are not supposed to give away, sell, that kind of thing. Like, the city is supposed to maintain ownership of that. Now, the city does have a subdivision before... 
oh God, this is where Mackenzie needs to be here before one of his boards <laughs> um, to subdivide the lot. So that way, even though, you know, Prime will get the majority of the lot, the city would maintain the waterfront portion and then they can develop that into like a river walk type situation. But ultimately, the state Supreme Court did dismiss that suit on the grounds that it was premature. There's a lot up in the air. The zoning board has not voted on this project. The city zoning board. The, the city planning board has not voted on this project. There's a pilot agreement that may or may not go through. Um, there's that subdivision that we were talking about. The Plastic Citizens Coalition is still optimistic, though, because in their view, um, the suit was not dismissed on its merits. It was dismissed because it was premature, so maybe it can be revisited. So more on that probably later. You did a pretty good job with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say thank you so much for taking that. Uh, yes. so after, 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 holy Lord. It made, yes. it made sense to me. Yeah. Okay, me. good, good. Yeah. So, and then my my only other, did you have anything else? That I had a few other things, yeah. Cool, let's um, swing it over to you. In some sadder news, there was unfortunately another big fire in Beekman Town after the barn fire that killed a few hundred uh, cows last week. Uh, this week on Tuesday night into Wednesday, because it was a really long firefight. Uh, firefight, is that the correct? It's something we'll I think that's it. fair. Uh, we'll go with it. Um, at Bordeaux's new and used furniture uh, on Route 22. Over 20 departments from New York, Vermont, and Canada used over 750,000 gallons of water in the in the fighting of that fire, according to Clinton County Emergency Services Director Eric Day, and it was unfortunately a total loss of the structure. There was no injuries to anybody, but two individuals who lived in attached apartments uh, were displaced, so best wishes and uh, hopefully all the best to them going forward. Uh, obviously, not something you ever want to have happen to you. Um, but moving to some happier news, I guess happier, is that the word? Uh, business news, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mackenzie also wrote this week about the opening of Ollie's Bargain Outlet, uh, which is set to open in the mall on November 4th in the old uh, Gander Mountain location, so one of the bigger stores in the mall. Uh, it's going to be the 22nd store uh, of the chain in New York State, a press release from them said, and that same release said they will sell name brand closeouts in a variety of departments like food, cleaning supplies, personal care items, hardware, automotive, a little bit of everything. Yeah. So, food and stuff. Food and stuff. Food and stuff. <laughs> it does sound like food and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. That really, that really does sound like it. I didn't yeah. even think about that. Yeah, it sounds like a food and stuff. Um, That's amazing. And... <laughs> Also, in businessy news, for in our business page this weekend, you can expect a story on Island Vibes, a new store that opened on Clinton Street. And I didn't expect you to be here, but now that you're here, Sage, you wrote the story. So, yes, what that what's that store going to be like? Um, so, uh, Plattsburgh residents Asia and Shawane Telsler have um, opened this store. It opened on September 5th, and um, it's basically. A convenience store for Jamaican, Caribbean, um, and uh, some parts African and some parts American comfort food. Um, mm-hmm. They named it Island Vibes because they wanted it to be inclusive um, to everyone, and they want everyone to feel comfortable going there and knowing that it's not, um, you know, just for a certain like group of people. So yeah, they have they have like really great snacks. They have like um, this thing called breadfruit which is uh, traditional Jamaican fruit and achies, which are the national fruit of Jamaica and um, like probably their most popular item. Um, and that's like a, a seed. And um, they sell like different types of spices, curry, 
And you mentioned uh, they might start making foods, doing like jerk chicken, stuff like that? Yeah, they have a plan um, in place for in the next two months, uh, they want to be selling like hot food, um, like curry goat, uh, jerk chicken, some soups, um, traditional Caribbean fare. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could be interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, getting back to the fire, by the way, I wanted to mention real quick when I was, because I was out um, covering the Beacon right. Town Serenade yeah. soccer game that night. And around six, the game, the game started a little bit late, but around 6.15, I had arrived at the field and um, literally the fire was just right down the road. Yeah. It, was, it couldn't have been more than maybe a quarter mile down the road, if that. And you could see the smoke coming up, and there was a lot of smoke, and there was smoke hovering over that field the yeah. entire game. And it was my co- when I got back some weird photos. Yeah, no, it wasn't. No, see, it wasn't bad because it was raining, oh, so okay. the the smoke kind of hovered above the field. It actually kind of looked pretty spooky. Yeah, um, but it looked kind of cool. Um, but when I got back, my my jacket and clothes literally smelled like fire wow. because it was just, I was just out there for so long. Yeah. It was it was crazy. Um, but yeah, obviously very sad that. That uh, that fire occurred, and hopefully, you know, things can be worked out to the best of you know what happens after a total loss. Yeah. You know, the best. As of last night, it was, the cause of it was still under investigation. Yeah, uh, Eric Day also said. Not to assume anything, but I mean, when you see something like that, I mean, you think you think electrical. That yeah. that's probably something that could come up. But yeah, like it's like a common said, cause of fires. Yeah. yeah, like you said, who knows though? I'm no I'm no fire expert. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. And Sage, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Um, yes, this weekend is the uh, monthly pet page on which there'll be a story about um, the local animal shelter, Elmer SPCA. And um, they recently seized 29 um, dogs from a residence and um, those puppies have all been adopted out. And um, the mother, Newfoundland, um, Cassie, Cassidy, sorry, is um, uh, being looked at, and there are multiple families that are candidates for adoption. Um, also, uh, I talk about um, just the financial problems that the the shelter is facing currently, um, their, their want for um, support from municipalities, their need for an animal control officer, which we are the only county in the North Country that doesn't have um, an animal control officer, and that's not to be confused with a dog mm-hmm. control officer. Yeah. Um, animal control officers have a specific knowledge and are able to interpret um, New York State agriculture and markets laws, which um, can be, they're, they're kind of loosely interpreted by uh, the police now that investigate um, animal cruelty, but uh, a, an officer of um, peace, basically, and animal cruelty officer can investigate and um, just kind of expedite uh, animal seizures, and um, it would be a, a good asset. Yeah, to for sure. Account. No, yeah. no doubt. My favorite animal control officer is what's the guy's name in Parks and Rec? Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't remember. Oh Ca- my god! Was it Carl? It's played by Andy Samberg. <laughs> yeah, the guy yeah. Played, played by Andy Samberg. He just shouts the whole time. Oh, that, I love that episode. That's why I love being outside. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. Goodness. Yes. I had to bring that up. Anytime I, anytime I hear that, that's exactly what I think of now. Oh, my goodness. I love that show. I love it that is show. a great show. Um, two things that I wanted to tease. One, I'm not going to say what it's about, 
but I will have a very cool sports feature coming out on Saturday. I did. I actually, I haven't told Kara or Sage, but I did tell Ben Watson right before we came in to record, and I'm sure Ben Watson can back me up on saying it is a very cool story. I actually don't think you finished telling me about it. You, you but I told you enough about it. You said something. Yeah, really don't, don't tease it. To overwhelm him don't tease it apparently. <laughs> but very cool Sorry. story. Very cool story coming out on um, on Saturday. Um, it will be in regard to. Saranac Boys Soccer, and then I actually have another one um, coming out for a different player on Saranac Boys Soccer, which I have no oh. problem of talking about now. Now, yeah, now yep. can you back me up yep. on it? Yeah, it's, it's cool. good. It See, is good. Yeah, I did. He did tell me. I just couldn't think of it. Oh, he <laughs> plays soc- He plays soccer now because he couldn't play. Yes, football? that that that's the one. There is a there's a there's a. Uh, I'm sure this is the case probably for a couple different schools, but there is a uh, former football player who hasn't played. Uh, soccer since I believe he was six or seven years old on Saranac and he's playing soccer in his senior year. Um, so that will be kind of cool to talk to him about. I'm going to talk to him a little bit later, probably in the week or maybe early next week. Going to be working on that next week, but the story that I'm talking about there will be a cool feature on Saturday to look forward to as far as that's concerned. So there's my tease. And Kara, you said you wanted to tease. Yeah, I just had a couple of things. Um, You know, uh, one of our big jobs is making sure our voters are informed. And as you well know, election season is underway. Last week, um, North Country Congresswoman Elise Stefanik had a rally in Plattsburgh at the Oval. This Saturday, she has one in Saranac Lake. Um, Earlier this week, there was a Meet the Candidates Forum, which featured... um, Oh, multiple people. I'm not going to name all of them, but like uh, Tedra Cobb was there since I mentioned Elise Stefanik and state Senate uh, candidate Clinton County Treasurer Kimberly Davis um, was also there and a, few, a bunch of other people. We had a bunch of city council candidates as well. And Mackenzie and I covered those. So you can check those out. Those have already been posted on our website and uh, they've run in the paper as well. And uh, just, I think I referenced them last week. We had our editorial board interviews with the state Senate and congressional candidates last week. This week we did our mayoral candidates, so stay tuned for those, which are really, we don't do endorsements, but we do do really kind of in-depth interviews with our candidates so that way people can get a better vibe of what what they stand for, what they're um, kind of running for and that kind of thing. And also next week, we have debates happening between our congressional candidates, Tedra Cobb and Elise Stefanik. There's one on Monday, I believe, out in Watertown. I believe Wednesday is the one that my NBC5 is doing. So um, look out for that um, because that'll be a good opportunity to see how the candidates interact with each other. I think there's one for state Senate candidates as well, but uh, I won't commit to that one way or the other because I don't have the exact information on me right now. But we are just, in the heart of elections. Yes, now. we are. Stay we're, informed, we're in people. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. So that that was my uh, tease, so to speak. Okay, My perfect. message, PSA. Well, Ben, I think you did a really good job filling in for Mackenzie. And just because apparently we couldn't have enough, we also had Sage. And Sage, you did a very good job as well. So did you have fun? Sage, you, this is only your second time on, right? Yes, and I'm th- definitely feeling it. And you feel, but you feel, you, but you feel better than last time when when Ben Rose somehow spoke smoked you Truly, in, in yes. sports in sports trivia. I do. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know think how that, that it can get any lower than I, the last yeah, time. Yeah, so you have to be leaving here feeling better about things mm-hmm. today. So I'm leaving good. here um, knowing that I need notes. Yeah, you did pretty good Props. though. I mean, you came in last minute. You said you wanted to come on. You did a good job. Yeah. Thanks, Joy. That you're Kara. welcome. You're welcome. Ben. You're welcome. Uh-huh. <laughs> no approval from Ben. No, no approval. No or approval. D- delayed or approval, like delay, with the sports tees. Delay, <laughs> delay appro- yeah, exactly, with the sports tees. But no, other than that, I think we guys are good for the week. I think so. Okay, we are. perfect. Well, we will take a break, and we will be back.
And we are back. Sports editor Joey LaFranco with night editor Ben Rowe. And we do not have editor-in-chief Joe LaTemplio today. It's just the two guys hanging out. We're going to do some looking back and some other things. But Ben, how are you? But you know, sometimes, if you listen real close, you can still hear Joe LaTemplio. How are you, Joey Betts? There we go. Exactly. And I think what ends up happening is Joe really tests out the microphone early. And then what ends up happening is we have to level it out from there. But we definitely know what not to do by Joe basically shouting at the beginning of, of every episode. So good to see that we will have some pretty like sound quality perfection today. <laughs> the, the levels will be equal today. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I'm excited to get into looking back today that you have going on. You know, past couple of weeks where we've done looking back in the past, there's been some pretty... Uh, Pretty fun and funny stuff going on. Um, I think I think some of the funnier stuff has been the later, the obviously going further back in time. But well, some of the early stuff has been interesting too. But I am excited to hear what you have for us. Well, that's why I want to start after we hop in the time machine. Ooh, we gotta get time machine sound effects for these. I think we, we really have to get some sound. <laughs> we have to get some sound effects. I think that's one of All our right, next things so to do. We hop in the time machine. Okay. We'll go back in time to the autumn of 1920. And to read this in the old-timey voice, (laughs) a dispatch from Albany states that the Public Service Commission yesterday authorized the public traction company to increase its trolley fare in the city to seven cents. (laughs) Children under five years of age accompanied by their parents or guardians are carried free. Well, that's good. No, that's positive, yeah. During the summer, a, quote, advance to seven cents was made for the trolley rides between the barracks and Bluff Point. But the fares in the city had remained at a reasonable five cents. Mm. So a hundred years ago, people were up in arms because, oh my God, they've increased the trolley fare to seven cents. Where will I dig that out? And just think in general, having trolleys. Yes. That, that's that's just a lost thing. They do, I think they still have them in, um, unless they don't have them anymore, but they used to have them recently up in like Placid and stuff still. Yes. Um, yeah, so yeah, I think they still have cool. But yeah, reading about it, it was, a, it was a big thing. And in fact, I know that if you read some of the history books, yeah, you can still see like some of the pathways for them and that kind of thing in the city. But, and the funny thing that I always think is that Bluff Point, which if I'm not mistaken, something to do with golf. Oh, yeah, there's Bluff Point Golf yeah, Course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fact that Bluff Point was huge back in the day. Yeah. And I'm not sure if in your time up in Bluff Point that you've kind of looked into the history, but, like, lots of famous people went up there, and they held oh, conferences there. and Yeah, so really fun fact. Um, back when Clinton Community College used to be, like, the hotel mm-hmm. and whatnot, Babe Ruth stayed there. And Babe Ruth played golf at Bluff Point Golf Course one time. Yeah. And he had, I don't know if it still holds, and I don't know what the score actually is, but people have said that he has the, the record low score ever to be held at Bluff Point. I don't know if that's still the case. You now, know, we'll give it to him. But we'll, we'll take it. So anytime we can include Babe Ruth in any type of uh, you know local history, I think that's pretty cool. I remember my seventh grade history teacher, shout out to uh, Mr. Bilo, gave me a... Uh, he told he told me that, and uh, we talked about that for a while during class one day, and I thought that was pretty cool. Let me let me just hop the trolley from the barracks <laughs> up to Bluff Point and shoot a couple links. And... What do you think you can actually get nowadays for seven cents? I, I mean, I I don't mm. think. Fun fact: <laughs> in the press publican break room, there is a gumball machine. Yep. that takes pennies. 
It takes pennies? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay, I didn't even know Strictly that. Strictly pennies. Especially during I since COVID has started and whatnot, I don't even know if that gumball machine is there, but I have definitely not touched that. <laughs> no, no, not recommended nowadays. But no. back in the day, there was a truck stop. I believe it was a truck stop. There were a couple of places down in Essex County where they had these. They raised some money for the I want to say the Shriners Foundation. Okay. They raised money for something, and it's a quaint idea that you know you get pennies. Yeah. And eventually, people, you get enough pennies. Right. You get a decent amount. <laughs> that's a, no, that's pretty cool. So and you can get seven gumballs. And I think what, what I always remember being a kid at um, you know like when you go with your mom or your dad to like Hanford or any type of grocery store, and you have like those little machines that you can get stuff like that you you know you put a coin in, you get like a ball, and like the ball uh-huh. has something in it and stuff. That was pretty cheap, but I don't even think that was seven cents. But no, I mean, that back was like in the day, a quarter, I think. Back uh-huh. in the day, seven cents—that's expensive. It's true. The the parents they had to really budget that seven cents in the for just, the trolley budget. Just shows how crazy times are. It's true. I mean, <laughs> and the other thing is the fact that I believe that I think the trolley stopped, but I know in some cities the trolley didn't stop, and you could just kind of like hop on board. And I've always thought, man, imagine the daredevilness to just like run up to like the bus essentially and just, yeah. oh, all right, I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I messed up. <laughs> well, and I, and I always think about, um, I was watching a shocker to, up to listeners. This will be like, oh, interesting, but to you it won't be. I was watching a, a mafia documentary mm-hmm. and back in the day in Chicago, I was watching, it was, the scene was in Chicago they had the trolleys in the middle of the roads and the cars would drive to the outsides. And I just ah. thought that was, that was so interesting that it used to be like that back in the day. I don't know if it was Chicago or some area like around there or whatnot, but I just thought that was so interesting interesting because imagine nowadays like a train or something like that. <laughs> And then all of the, and then all of a sudden you have the cars to the outside and imagine if it's like snowing or anything that, yeah that just like I feel I was, like that could just lead to chaos. I was gonna say yeah I guess they're comfortable with that back then but nowadays you'd be like man one yeah one slid and we're going places. Yeah no kidding but no I thought that was kind of cool so that's what that makes me think of you know hopping on the trolley and, and stuff like that. Back in the day. Back in the day they just didn't seem to care they just would you know go out and well, go around. Speaking of transportation. Hopping ahead 25 years to the autumn of 1945, bids are to be opened soon for the construction of 1.32 miles of state highway from from Champlain Village to connect with the partially completed Canadian superhighway north of Champlain. Um, While the exact route which will connect with the Canadian highway is not known, preliminary surveys have been made on an existing dirt road that runs from U.S. Highway 11 in the western section of Champlain to, to the Canadian line. Now, one of the most interesting things I think about in the North Country is the Northway. Mm-hmm. And how the Northway, and obviously, you know, for history buffs, the entire national highway system, how it changed everything. If you, you take, you know, Route 9, and you take, you know, just heading up there right now, you see motels, you see old-timey signs, you see kind of old-timey restaurants, yeah. you know, the, the Macon Motel, you know, um, a bunch of those along that route. If you go back in the day, back in the day of our grandparents, that was the route to go up to Canada. And right. You would go past there and you would stay at all the places you need at restaurants. And then suddenly the highway came in and everyone's like, oh, all right, zip, see ya. <laughs> and they zipped around the highway. And literally, you know, it's certainly there's plenty of 
um, you know, business people still trying to make their way there, but it's not the same. And it's like suddenly all those streets had to survive because, wait, what? You're all going to the highway? No, come back. And to think is that back in the day, you know, once in a while, when I used to commute up from Wolfsburg to Plattsburgh to the press, mm-hmm. I would go up Route 9 every once in a while. You you have a nice view of the lake sometimes. Oh, you pass sure. through some, you know, you pass through, I think, Keysville kind of loops through it and that kind of thing. It's a nice scenic route, almost. Yeah. Figured back in the day, that was the only way you could do it. Is right. that all the little roads that we think of right now as the side roads, like, oh, you know, why would I try and go to, like, Saranac Lake or, I don't know, Champlain through, like, the back roads. Back sure. then, those were the roads. <laughs> yeah, and I always, some different routes that I have to take, um, specifically what always comes to mind is uh, traveling for football games. Mm-hmm. Um, when I go to Ticonderoga, um, there's two options, really. You can get off at the Westport exit, and you kind of go through Westport and uh, mm-hmm. Port Henry, and you get to Ticonderoga that way. Or what you can do now and this is kind of sometimes what I prefer to do, especially if the roads aren't that great or whatnot, stay on the interstate, um, go all the way down to like the, the, the close to the Ticonderoga exit and then shoot over. Mm-hmm. And that's sometimes mm-hmm. what I do now. But yeah, back in the day, like you said, that's you could only take Route 9 or whatever, you know, whatever roads you were taking back in the day. And that is interesting that they, that was their only options. And also when you just, the fact that you're mentioning dirt roads and stuff, that's always cool too. Yeah, it's, you know, that like, again, you know, not to make old people feel old, but it just makes me think that like, it's like the Grapes of Wrath or something like that. Yeah. Like you have the jalopy going through the old dirt roads, and that, but that was how you got around. Exactly, exactly. And, and then when it's like really dry out and stuff, you're kicking up all the dirt in the back. Exactly. And, yeah, <laughs> you, have, you, have the, you have that old school feel, which is kind of cool. And nowadays, no, we just hop on the highway and... But, you know, there's something to be said, you lose something. Right. And just the fact that the highway, you know, you you just... You obviously pay attention while you're driving, but you <laughs> yeah. just kind of zone out. Yeah, you're and cruising. it's just like, yeah, all right, you know, trees, whatever. Back then, you actually went through the towns, mm-hmm. you saw the people, you saw the gas stations, you saw the businesses. I always, like, it, it's kind of a pain time-wise and whatnot, especially when, you know, you're rushing to be on deadline and things like that. But I always, like, one of my favorite drives in the fall is actually going to cover football games in um, Mineville for Mariah. Mm-hmm. Um, because you drive through... Um, Westport, you go by the lakes, and then you kind of go by some of the farm field areas, and then you get into Port Henry, and actually, you uh, for Mineville, it's actually before Port Henry, and uh, you drive up the road. I still, to this day, have no idea how to pronounce the road. I think it's like the Pilfshire Road or Pilfshire Road, but I always like to say the Pilfshire Road, <laughs> and um, it's a really nice, old-school kind of windy road. You're going up a really long, you're essentially driving up almost like a mountain type of area, mm-hmm. and then you get to a secluded area, and boom, it's like it's like a field of dreams almost type of concept, and... Um, I always enjoy that just because it's scenic and whatnot. In the winter, that's a whole other story. But during <laughs> fall, during the football season and whatnot, that's always fun to drive up. But, yeah, I always like that. That's always that's always fun. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. Is that I'm sure, you know, yeah, people from back then, they say, oh, yeah, you know, the old roads, they're all quite nice. But when the winter comes, <laughs> yeah. boy, I'm glad you don't have to drive. Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So what's next? Well, let's see. So... Hopping ahead another 25 years, we are into 1970. Okay. And Melvin Bob Bruno, who I've been told is the grandfather to our one of our advertising staffers, Sabrina Bruno. Okay, yeah. Which I thought was kind of neat. Every once in a while, Joel will point out the fact that, hey, that's, you know, so-and-so's grandfather. Right. Whoa. They were in history. <laughs> 
Well, Mr. Bruno, um, who is a Democrat running for the office of, of Assemblyman, um, says he doesn't think there will be any problems with campus unrest at Plattsburgh this year. Um, he states that the two weeks off for political activity before the election, asked by some students during the Kent State demonstration, hasn't materialized, but I haven't heard about any riots on this. Also, he added, in the North Country, we're a peaceful people. Bruno said he would support the statewide push for scholarships to be withheld if a student is convicted of vandalism during a riot, which, during this whole period of the 60s, and, well, now this 1970, hearing about the unrest and the protests and, yes, the riots, you know, there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a line, I'm not sure it's a fine line or whatnot, but there's a line between riots and protests and people's views. Yeah. But back then... That was the conversation, is the fact that whether Vietnam, the civil rights movement, campuses were erupting in demonstrations. And then to read that, you know, um, what is it, 50 years later, and be like, it's, whoa. It's cyclical. It's you happening know, again. History echoes. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, just, it just shows that there's always, you know, people look at what happened during, and what's still happening to a certain extent, but really during the heart of you know, the summer months and a little bit earlier than that when a lot of different movements were going on with Black Lives Matter and, and everything of that nature, that's where you think to yourself, wow, we can't, I can't believe this is happening. But it's like, no, you can because, like, it was happening back, like way back then, too. It mm -hmm. just, you know, it, it cycles through. It just keeps coming and coming. And ultimately, at the end of the day, obviously, we hope that eventually there's actual good change that's made and we don't have to keep having these things to try and create awareness and create discussion and, and everything of that nature. But yeah, it just shows that even back then, same thing that's going on now, just kind of a different type of premises, basically. Well, yeah, and yeah, and people, you know, they talk about, you know, how, um, well, all these mass gatherings, yeah, you know, they're, people are like, wow, you know, I can't believe that, like you were saying, can't believe this is happening. Well, yeah, the people people didn't just come up with this idea of mass gatherings <laughs> no, this year. No. People looked back then and saw what worked and, right. or what happened. You could debate how much it worked. And they're like, okay, you know, that's how we do it. Sure. And um, But, yeah, it is interesting to think that back then people must have been, as Mr. Bruno was, or at least people like him, were like, whoa, you know, this is crazy. And now, again, 50 years later, we're like, whoa, this is crazy. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting for me, especially doing look back to read, and I, I've always said this in editorials and other things. Go back and read about back then because it might give you a better understanding and a different way of looking at what's happening right now. So yeah, and and obviously people are talking about uh, day like nowadays, and it's like wow, these days are different, and you know a lot of different things are going on and things we've never seen before. But I look at it as, like you said, you know, things were going on like this 50 years ago to a certain extent. And we're just going to keep doing it, obviously, until there's change in different capacities where people believe there's actually a difference being made. So, no, it's good to see. And speaking about the 70s, I can't wait until you get into a couple of years a couple of years later when we start to get into the disco era and stuff. Yeah. I'm sure there will be some very interesting things that start to come up. I can't imagine... The, uh, the 70s era in the North Country, that, that, that must have been a very interesting time, to say the least. <laughs> Flash forward to next year. Assemblyman Bruno says this disco is out of control. <laughs> yes, yes. I can't, I can't wait for stuff like Can you imagine? That'd be great. Uh, but no, I can't wait for stuff like that. I always like, out of all the eras, I don't know why, you know, studying different things, the 50s and the 70s just seem cool. And there's just a lot of different stuff that's going on. 
um, and especially the the um, the cars in the fifties were really cool. Mm-hmm. And the cars we talked in, about this. And the car, yeah, and the cars in the seventies were really cool. Sixties as well, but I don't know. I feel like the fifties and then the seventies; those are two really cool, two really cool times. What was it? We were looking up cars from the nineties. Was that it? Yeah, you're saying oh, didn't we have did, great. We, <laughs> I always, yeah. So for for the <laughs> listeners, Ben and I had a discussion one night. We were talking about cars from different eras, and I think what was happening was I was actually doing my. Um, I don't know if I was doing sports looking back. Mm-hmm. Or flashback photos, one or the other. Mm-hmm. And little plug, I uh, since the pandemic started, one of the things that I had started to do was we have a film room here at the press, and I go into this film room and I find a bunch of uh, strips of film and I cross-reference it with our archives. And I've actually been digging up old photos from past years. So if you haven't had the opportunity to check that out, go ahead and check that out. Uh, I run different flashback photos pretty much daily. There might be a day or two where something doesn't get in. Last night, for example, nothing actually got in because of the chaos, which I think we should talk about later because that was just kind of a wacky day to say the least. Um, But love to get the flashback photos in there. Creates a lot of good memories for different people. Brings back a lot of memories, I should say. And um, that's always fun to do. But when I was doing that one night, I said, man, all the cars in the 90s are so ugly. And they really were. And, like, we went through, like, all the cars through the 90s, and we rated them. And I think most of them were like, nope, ugly, ugly, ugly. They're just, they were, I don't know, is boxy the right word? Everything was boxy. We encourage people, car fans out there, if you dispute this, email lendersoppressedfunkins.com. <laughs> yes. We want to hear some pushback of this. But, no, we went through, we looked at them. We didn't just generalize we brought up pictures of like the most popular cars <laughs> in the nineties, and yeah, awful. Some, even some, even like the cool like sports cars and stuff really didn't have too much going for them. They're just ugly. In the evolutionary line, there was a divergence where like cool cars went one direction and nineties cars went yes, another direction. Yes. So I don't know what happened between like the seventies and then the eighties and then into the nineties. I think in the nineties, what they were going for was smaller type of cars and stuff like that. That's what it seemed like. Small cars, low cars, obviously still four doors for the most part, but I don't know. I mean, you're talking to a guy who obviously drives a truck, so I obviously like something that's a little bit bigger. But at the same time, yeah, it just seemed like everything was going smaller back then. So, But speaking of the 90s... Speaking of the 90s... Boom, transition. Then we go ahead, 25 more years, we leave behind the days of the political unrest to the glorious 90s. Yes. (laughs) Where the biggest news was the North Country residents will soon be able to visit Melrose Place in Beverly Hills. Ooh. Interesting. Through this new concept called the Fox Channel. (laughs) (laughs) The Fox Channel will begin airing on Falcon Cable on December 11th, giving local cable subscribers, here we go, how people in the 90s thought of Fox, a surfing destination full of, quote, hard bodies, scandals, <laughs> and bad jokes. Whoa, come on. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yo. Wow. We didn't did dig on Fox. The jokes weren't all bad. No. But Sam, she- Sam Shialaba, I believe it is, uh, manager we'll of um, we'll Falcon it. Cable, said there's been a huge demand for it, and that's an understatement. Interesting. The addition of the, quote, fourth network comes as part of a channel realignment that will also bring viewers the Television Food Network, okay. shout out the Food Network, and ESPN2. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so we're talking ESPN2. Nowadays, we got ESPN the Ocho. Yeah. <laughs> but I've always found it interesting is the fact that back in the 90s, you had two revolutions in television, which we're still feeling the repercussions of now. 
Number one, you had Desert Storm, mm -hmm. which as Joe, um, Joe Latempio mentioned in the last episode, you could sit at home and watch the Gulf War play out on your television yeah. through CNN, which to those who don't know was massive back then. Right. To be able to, nowadays we have CNN on all the time and all the other news channels. But so that was big. But then Fox, for decades, as I understand it, you had the three channels. You had ABC, you had CBS, you had NBC. Yep. And you figure back when you had the dials with the three little spots, those are your three channels. And then all of a sudden, this crazy young upstart <laughs> of the Fox Network came on, and they were playing The Simpsons, and they were playing Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong on that. But I just love the, right, yeah. the fact that all of a sudden... Whoa! What is this Fox Network playing all these, all these scandalous shows? <laughs> and now here we are, you know, two decades later, and Fox is well. Fox is kind of the old show now, and it's like yeah. And remember last night, you asked me what channel I was watching the baseball game on, and I said Fox, and you're like, yeah. really? And I was like, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. That's they get the they get most stuff. So it's just that. And I remember. So that made me think of the fact that when I was growing up. Satellite dishes. I had a satellite dish, but the satellite dish was in the backyard. Okay. <laughs> and it was about the size, if you were to tip it on its side, the dish was like about the size of a swimming pool. Okay. Like about the size of like a That's an above ground swimming pretty pool. Pretty big, yeah. And it was shot up in the air, and for some reason it captured the signal. I don't think we could ever turn it. <laughs> I don't think that's how it worked. But it caught the signal from KTLA over in California. Oh, my God. So that's where I got my kids WB and that kind of thing. That back is then. so random. And I would get ads from California. And back then, I was like, whoa. Back then, I didn't even question it. I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah sure, sure, California ads. But I get Pokemon, so I'm okay with it. Yeah. But to think of how much that has changed since then and that... I don't know. It's just the variety that we've gone from that. We've gone to now streaming and all that kind of thing. Like, oh yeah, I mean now we're in the cord cutter era. Yeah, you know that that type of thing, which I think is pretty interesting. And you have um, scenarios where you're having you know YouTube TV now, and obviously you got Netflix, Hulu. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. Now we got mm -hmm. Peacock even, too. Mm -hmm. I just got a Peacock subscri subscription because I'm going to need to have uh, to be able to watch Parks and Rec as well as The Office still, um, and Friends even for that matter. Because mm -hmm. um, I think The Office is... Peac uh, Parks and Rec is already on Peacock. It's off Netflix. Um, the Office will be off, I think, at the end of the year, and Friends has been off of Netflix already. I saw um, the AMC now has its own app, so if you oh, want to watch um, Mad Men Mad and Men. all those... Yeah, because yeah, Mad, Mad Men, when I binged that, that was on Netflix, yes, to my knowledge. Yeah, AMC is like, yo, what are we doing? Pull yeah. back. <laughs> oh, for sure. And I, speaking of Mad Men, and we were talking about going back in time and stuff, that's a great show. Oh, but yeah. I will say this. Shout out to Mad Men. <laughs> yeah, Mad Men was really good, but I will say this. That show is not rewatchable. It's too slow. I, it's good to watch it the first time through, but I, I tried. I was like, man, I really enjoyed this. I kind of want to watch it again. It's not a binge type of show. Shameless admission. I was obsessed with Mad Men back in high school because it premiered in 2008, I believe, okay. right around the time I was going to college. Then college threw off all my schedules and plans and stuff, so I kind of lost track around like season three or four. I still need to finish Mad Men. 
Oh, you haven't finished it yet? No. Oh, my God. I was, I, was gonna, I was going to actually ask you what you thought about the ending, but no. you don't know what the ending is. So now the I can get is very, The ending is very interesting. It's kind of cool because it, you know, it brings a, a, a type of... I won't spoil anything by saying mm-hmm. this, but it brings an actual reality of something that happened, and it allows... As Mapman does. It, it allows Don Draper things. to be the guy who actually did this very cool thing. Um, so... In Don Trevor walks into a bar. Don't yes. stop believing. No, that, Cut no. the black. That's Never. the Sopranos. That's the Sopranos. <laughs> and we can... Okay, so, man, before we go any further, the ending to the Sopranos is the worst ending of any show ever. But I love the Sopranos, though. But yes. the ending... Is it considered you a tell spoiler me, for an ending that was like 12 years ago? <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, if, if people haven't watched The Sopranos, uh, it's too bad. Um, but I, I, will say, I will say this. You watch, I think it was seven seasons. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the seventh season, you don't know what happened. You, you have whacked. to like assume like somebody got whacked or like somebody didn't. I don't know. Like There's just too many variables. Slap in the face. But I will HBO. But I but I will but I will say this. Um, and I told you this. One of the shows that I started watching recently was Lily Hammer, which was it's a three it went for three seasons on Netflix and it has Stephen Van Zandt in it. Spiritual successor. Yes, and it kind of is like a soprano spin-off in a certain extent, certainly not exactly the same type of thing, but if you like the Sopranos, I can pretty much guarantee you that you'll like the uh, that you'll like Lilyhammer. But it's also a little bit more funny um, than the Sopranos was. The thing with the Sopranos that was always interesting in my eyes was it had like dry humor, and mm-hmm. I always think about there were moments in the show where um, in season what season was it? It was in season two. There was a scene where somebody um, somebody got killed. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine, it was kind of hilarious how they were trying to like clean up the body and don't tell anybody this and that. I can only imagine what it was like to actually act throughout mm-hmm. all that because it was asinine what was going on, like what they were trying to do and everybody knew exactly what to do and just the fact of that alone was frightening. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of interesting to say the least. But I always, I always kind of laugh at that, like how did those actors get through some of those scenes because they're trying to be really serious. You're basically, it's a comedy type of thing, but you're playing it straight. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. So I give those actors a lot of credit to that extent. And obviously it's sad that uh, James Gandolfini passed mm-hmm. away, but he was such a great actor. I just watched a clip of him on Saturday Night Live the other night on YouTube and uh, it had Tina Fey and Amy Poehler as when they it was like when they were doing like a weekend update type of thing mm-hmm. or whatnot mm-hmm. and uh, James Gandolfini played like a disgruntled man from New Jersey perfect <laughs> and, and it was just so funny <laughs> and uh, Tina Fey interrupted uh, James at one point and James like excuse me I'm not done talking. <laughs> and it just keeps going on and on. It was, it was great. I was just laughing at that. But but my last thought on television, as far as that goes, is yeah. to imagine those shows that we're talking about. Imagine back then, if you didn't have Fox in your neighborhood, you didn't get to see what was on Fox. No, no. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm sure that, you know, that people were calling into the cable company and being like, hey, where can I get that new Fox channel that I've heard so much about? Whereas now it's like, yeah, I'm pulling my phone. Oh, look, there's an app for AMC. There we go, AMC shows. <laughs> Back was... then, you, you if you heard about The Simpsons, but it didn't have Fox, you could not watch The Simpsons. Yeah. 
Hot take on The Simpsons, by the way. I I don't I don't like dislike it or anything. I've never watched that. I've never really gotten into it. Like I of course I've like seen an episode or something like that, but never really gotten into yeah, it. Yes. So and I, have, it's still on. There's like what twenty seasons of it. We have been <laughs> educating Joyla Frank on Simpsons references. Yes, Doctor Zayas, Doctor yes. Zayas. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But speaking of that. sports, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. I mean, uh, I think what is happening right now is obviously. As far as the high school stuff is concerned, um, we have everything is pretty much up and going that can be up and going at this point. We've got uh, soccer in full swing, cross country in full swing. Um, by the time uh, this episode airs, I'm actually trying to think. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Swimming is going to start next week. They have some scrimmages this week. And then gymnastics, I actually just had the email, uh, schedule emailed to me today. They're, I believe they're starting on the 23rd. Only two schools participating this year, though, um, Plattsburgh High and Peru for gymnastics. So those are the sports that are going to be allowed. Um, as far as the winter sports are concerned, still up in there. I have no idea whatsoever what's going to be going on with that. I really, if you if you told me, Joey, like, put money on what you think as far as, like, when sports are going to start up for the winter, I don't think you're going to see anything until January 1st. And I hate to say that, um, well, for two reasons. One, I hope the kids can get playing as soon as possible. But two, people have been saying, like, what do you think about this, Ben? Like, everybody keeps saying, oh, January 1st, January 1st. Well, and some people are also saying November 4th for other reasons. But mm-hmm. um, January 1st, what exactly is going to – the calendar is going to turn and everything is going to be okay? Mm-hmm. Like, what is this, like Y2K? Like, we just think that everything's going to change when the calendar turns. There are people who changes? think that. <laughs> um, that's why I, I just think January 1st is, like, a good line to go off of. But think about it. We're, we're mid-October right now. What exactly is going to be this grand old change in the mm-hmm. next, like, month and a half to two months that by January 1st, we're going to be back to normal? The way to get through, I don't think it's possible. The way to get through 2020 and this whole pandemic situation is to have comfortable expectations. <laughs> yes, yes. There's no, there's no question about it. Um, but as far as sports are concerned, um, I'm back at it. I'm out at games all the time now. I'm really having a bunch of fun with it. Um, last night was... A, I, we're recording this on Wednesday, um, but last night was certainly an adventure of covering a soccer game at Beekman Town and then going to uh, shoot the uh, photos of the fire at uh, Bordeaux's furniture mm-hmm. store. And man, oh man, that was quite the night last night. I, I, I said to Ben, uh, I said to Ben on Tuesday night, I said, <laughs> to, I, it started, the day started so innocent and then it created just complete chaos. My, the game, the soccer game that I was at, um, it started late to begin with the Saranac by the Saranac and Beekman town, the Saranac bus driver, um, apparently showed up late to pick up the team to go to Beekman town. So they showed up late game didn't start until like six, uh, six game was supposed to start at six 30. I showed up at like six 10 to, you know, talk to the coaches real quick and get rosters and everything. Then the final score of the game was seven to one. Um, so that created a lot of stoppages. Then you have mask breaks. That's actually an interesting thing of these, these soccer uh-huh. games now. Uh, so the halves are 40 minutes at each 20 minute half they have a, they have a stoppage a mask break just an opportunity for the kids to space out take off their masks if they need take to take some so, breaths something like that yep uh, take some breaths um, but unfortunately um, another thing that happened during that game was there was a very severe injury that resulted in a uh, player having his neck stabilized put on a stretcher and taken to the hospital um, I don't even know if I've told you this yet 
But the good news on that was uh, that player was able to walk out of the hospital last night in the early good. morning, good. and um, he is he's going into concussion protocol. Um, but other than that, um, it seems like everything is okay. You hate and, to hear about and that. Fr- and from mm-hmm. what I from what I what I witnessed, um, it just it it kills you. It kills you mm-hmm. on the inside to see something like that because it just reminds you that you know sports are supposed to be a lot of fun, different things of that nature, but. Things like that can happen, and they're mm-hmm. fluky. Um, but no, that's good to hear. And that that was very good to, to hear, and um, hopefully he'll be okay. But with that being said, that created an injury delay, and a soccer game, which is supposed to take probably at most two hours, ended up taking about three. Then I had to go shoot photos of that fire. Mm-hmm. Then I came back and was scrambling for about two to three hours. So yesterday was a culmination. It felt like a, a winter night where there was about, I don't know, 20 different sporting events mm-hmm. going on, but there really wasn't that much going on. <laughs> but that was certainly an interesting night, to say the least, and, and you got to witness all of that. But we made it work. I, we always make a good little team at the we end. Did. So that So that was always good. But other than that, sports-wise, um, it's kind of winding down on the national scene. You know, baseball's in their championships, uh, league, cha- league championship series, and then you're going to have the World Series, and then they're going to be done. Uh, NHL wrapped up a couple weeks ago. Uh, NBA wrapped up uh, it was Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Um, Los Angeles Lakers took home the title, and LeBron is a bubble champion now, and everything of that nature. <laughs> um, but uh, what we have, what we're going to have left is uh, baseball for a little bit, and then you're going to have the NFL if they can keep their heads above water, because it seems like every single day a different team or somebody has COVID, and then obviously with college football, that's. I have to say, I said it to Ben, and I have no problem saying it on the podcast, I think the way college football is handling the coronavirus is pathetic. I really do. They're just completely ignoring it. They're operating it like there is no pandemic going on. I think it's, I think it's awful, and I, think it's, I, I really think it's pathetic. Um, people are testing positive left and right. We got coaches saying they want, I mean, the LSU, I think it was the LSU coach. The LSU, the LSU coach said the other day he wanted a packed house. For the LSU Florida game, hundred thousand people in a stadium? Are you kidding me? Like that just shows it. It just doesn't make sense. And at the end of the day, it comes down to money. It comes down to a lot of different things of that nature, and that's too bad. Um, and I really, I really think that's a shame because you're putting kids at risk, and um, these are just college athletes. They're not getting paid. Um, eventually, they're hoping to get paid at some point. But I will say that, and I have no problem saying that. Well, I've, I'll think, say I've this, been thinking about that for. I've been thinking that for a while. Is that There are two paths to go. You can either go along the highway in the kind of straight and efficient way that the bubble creates, or at least some level of quarantining, or you can take the reckless off-road way. Yeah. And sure, the reckless off-road way feels, you know, like it's going in the the right direction, but eventually you got to hit bumps, bigger bumps. Your car's got to start to break apart. It's (laughs) not efficient. So, yeah, it's like you're, you're taking, you're risking your own progress. Exactly. That's, that's the worst thing. So. It, exactly. And I'm, it's just so frustrating because you see one day uh, 19 players test positive for the coronavirus. And the next day the football coach is saying, oh, we're having practice the next day. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Are you that Are you that stupid? I, and I have no problem saying that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just you get unfiltered Joey today pretty much. Because it's, it's just it's not, it's not me. I know a lot of people think the same way. But the mm-hmm. problem is college football is like a – like a – giant corporation almost it's that dirty corporate type of feel i guess at sometimes and i have 
Absolutely no problem saying that. And as we've learned through many circumstances, you can try and fight reality. You can try and ignore COVID. Eventually, COVID is going to catch up to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Alabama football coach today, Nick Saban, tested positive for the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. It just shows, like, it's nobody is nobody is safe. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can be safe. You can take the right mm-hmm. protocols. But that's my little short, sports spiel, I guess I will say, for for today. But, no, I think we had a lot of fun, though, mm-hmm. doing the looking back and a little segment there. and. I think um, what what were a couple there was did you want to tease something like for the um, I might totally be putting you on the spot but is there something <laughs> is, there, folks. is there something coming up this week that we wanted to talk about uh, for like a feature or something? Um, I mean, we have the editorial board. Um, that's what, yeah. Thank you, mm-hmm. thank you. Is that is that this weekend? Um, I don't believe so. I believe it's rolling out next week. Okay, okay, that's fine. <laughs> but do you want to tell people about that a little um, bit? Yeah, it's just that we have tried to cover a lot of the local. Um, we covered the local um, Senate race. We've covered the local um, congressional race. We've covered the local mayoral race. Is that it was my first time ever doing it. Mm-hmm. I think that in this year of political bluster let's say <laughs> that it's a very refreshing way to just um have someone comfortably you know the the conference room chairs can be very cozy right and you skim in there and you let them share their views you know um they're essentially as fruit form as we can make them and honestly it was really revealing to me is um the difference between um you know just um seeing the the signs out and about and actually hearing um these people just be able to comfortably say, you know, this is one for, you know, you can take it, you can leave it, but it's just that it's not condensed. It's very off the cuff. So no, I would definitely recommend if you, uh, if you haven't decided who you're going to mark down, this is a good chance to take one last unfiltered look at the candidates. Yeah. And so. even if you think you have still take a look at it, cause you never mm-hmm. know. And you'll just might learn something that you haven't learned before. And, and also, yeah, this year, you know, probably a bunch of you have sent in your mail, so still, <laughs> take a look. You just, never know, know. <laughs> just know who the candidates are. Yeah. Um, but no, that's well, that's good. I, I thought I knew there was something. Oh, so. like, uh-oh, uh memory. <laughs> what is he talking about? Oh, there right. we go. There we go. But no, I thought this was a good episode. And uh, do you want to, actually, before we do this, please remember, you can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and our website, PressRepublican.com. Episodes are out every Friday. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at PressPassPodcast. And if you want as well, um, always you can you can tweet at us. You can tweet at myself at Joey Lafranca, uh, at uh, Ben Row Photo. Um, everybody and everybody at the press here has Twitter's a different at source. Jay Latemplio. Uh, yeah, it's at Jay Latemplio. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a couple other people, uh, you know, Mackenzie and Kara and uh, Robin and Sage, and we all have Twitter. You can all reach out to us in different capacities, and we always welcome that. Um, even if you want to laugh at us or make fun of us, I guess. But, yeah. <laughs> Um, we'll, we'll go from there, but do you want to sign us off today? And so, to all of our listeners out there, we wish you a little weak side help. help. There we go. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week.